Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's Miss Marvel. Yo, it's Nightlight! Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Miss Marvel Episode 2, titled Crushed, directed by Mira Menon. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we fall head over heels for that new hot guy at school, um, who we might somehow be related to, uh, let me introduce you to my cosmic besties joining me today. First up, uh, I'm actually pretty sure I am related to him. Uh, He's the mysterious, menacing master of maniacal montages. He's Mr. Mitch Morbin Time George. Did it have to be Morbin Time? Really? (laughs) I was was trying my best to figure out how can I incorporate Morbin Time. You're doing good. <laughs> I am. I am ready to talk all things Miss Marvel, all things cosmic with you and our friend here with us tonight. Speaking of that friend, for the first time on the podcast, I'm pleased to introduce uh, him. Uh, he's your friendly neighborhood super soldier, soaking up some super serum while swiftly scooping some sexy spidey snaps. He's the superior spooner, a.k.a. Alan. <laughs> what in the world? I am keeping that intro in my pocket. That was sick. There was so much alliteration, so much S's in we there. Try. That was Nate wicked. Is, how Nate is how the long? best intro man in the business. How long did that take for you to write? That was dope. I just, I literally, Marvel, you'd you'd be surprised. Like, Marvel has such a wonderful collection of information on their website. They literally have a, a, like, an alphabetical list of all the words within Marvel. So I just looked up S and I I just put a bunch together. But uh, I thought thought you might appreciate the Spidey snap. I'll take it. Oh, I I loved it so much. I mean, that Spidey shelf behind him definitely speaks to that. Right? Wait, no, that's um, two Spidey I, shelves, right? No, just the one? <laughs> one there, actually. Oh, is that all Spidey on the left, too? Oh. Shout out to the audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, sorry for everyone who doesn't get to see this beautiful background. Well, there are ways that they can see that beautiful background, but we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. Before we kind of get into everything, I'd love for you, for our audiences who uh, maybe this is their first watch club, maybe they haven't heard um, your voices before on the podcast, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and let us know what is your history with the character of Miss Marvel. Mitch, we'll start with you. Uh, Howdy, y'all. Uh, I'm Mitch, a part-time variety streamer over at twitch.tv slash Mr. Mitch George and co-host of a phenomenal Disney Plus podcast that we call Disney Plus Us. Um, You know, I love to talk all things Disney, all things Marvel, all things geek-centric, so I'm glad to get to come in here and and hang out with (laughs) y'all whenever you give me the chance to. Uh, For me, Miss Marvel, I mean, it's it's a relatively new character in Marvel Mythos, and that's, I mean... They got a long history, but the character hasn't been around nearly as long. Um, most of my history with the character actually comes, uh, at least my deepest dive into the character was the Marvel Avengers video game. Yes. Uh, and I think that did a really fun job of telling Ms. Marvel's story. And I think this show actually borrowed some elements from that, which not not as much in this episode, but it, it definitely did in the first. 
Uh, so if you haven't played that game, go and play it just for Miss Marvel story. It's fantastic. But I mean, I went and I caught up on the, 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 the Mar- Miss Marvel run that launched the character back way back when with the, yeah, it is real good. Um, shout out Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. What, reading a lot of comics these days to catch up on all these uh, this Marvel goodies. That's some of the most fun, I think, the fun moments I've been having recently with these Marvel live action series is going back. And, you know, I read a bunch of Moon Knight and I've I've read through pretty much all of G. Willow Wilson's uh, run of of uh, Kamala Khan and, and Miss Marvel. So um, I'm right there with you, though. I was it was in inter- the game was was the introduction for me from Square Enix. Um, Spooner, what about yourself? What was the what, what was your first? Well, first of all, who are you? And <laughs> uh, and what was your first introduction to Miss Marvel? Hello, uh, my name's Alan, aka Spoon. I'm a collector of all things. Um, I started collecting literally all things. He's got all the things <laughs> behind him for our audio listeners. Uh, I started collecting stuff around like 2006. Just all all of the superhero stuff, all the Disney, Star Wars. Um, like Mitch, I am also a variety streamer, but I moved from Twitch. I went to YouTube now. I'm going to premiere on Ooh. YouTube tomorrow night, actually, as of this recording. Um, and I'm also a newborn YouTuber. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sure, not, yeah. uh, I'm not as consistent as I want to be with it just yet, but uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. As for Miss Marvel, also like Mitch, very new to it. Um I didn't deep dive too much into her character, um, even even with her long run in the graphic novels and such. But yeah, most of my exposure was from just volume one of Miss Marvel, just mm-hmm. to get her origin story, just to see what was up. You know what I mean? And also, I played uh, Marvel's Avengers as well and, and fell in love with her through that storytelling. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's... Um... That game, I, I definitely, I never finished it. I, I played a little bit of it. And then, so my majority of the understanding of Kamala Khan is from the the comic books. And I think this show and this series, at least in these first two episodes, has done a really great job of, of bringing over a lot of that stuff. And we might get into a, a little bit of it uh, as well. As someone who, I don't want to say made the mistake of, but as someone who put over 150 hours into that game... <laughs> I would very much recommend at least finishing that story. I think the story is really well done. Uh, beyond that, yeah, it's hit or miss, I think, just from a yeah. general gameplay and content perspective. I think they've done good things with it, but I know it's not for Agreed. everyone. But that story is, it's a story. It's a real good story. I've always said that game was worth full price with just I that story I paid full price alone. like three times over on that game. <laughs> and still want to go and get all the achievements in game <laughs> and the Game Pass version just because it's yeah. on there. But yeah. I can't bring myself to do it. You heard again. it first. You heard it first, Square Enix. When it comes to when you put it on Switch, Mitch is going to buy it again. No, no he's not. Um, it'll be a cloud version. <laughs> I'm not about that. No clouds. No, no clouds. clouds. Well, listen. Before we get interrogated by the DODC, let's get into this episode. We start off with Kamala entering her school to the tune of "Feel So Good" by Mace and Puff Daddy. Uh, as we see Kamala strutting, you know, with a, she's got a newfound confidence now, and she finally has superpowers. Uh, she psychs out a guy with a basketball. She corrects her teacher's pronunciation of her name, uh, and she pushes two lovebirds away from her locker while reminding them of the joys of wireless headphones uh, until she bumps into Kamran, uh, the new hot guy in school, uh, and she's instantly smitten with him. Bruno, Nakia, and Kamala walk into the school cafeteria to see Zoe Zimmer. Uh, she's describing her harrowing experience 
just absolutely, she's so overdramatic with it, uh, from Avengers Con. Uh, and she names the hero that saved her, she calls her Nightlight, before announcing that she's having a party to celebrate the, frig- the fragility of life. Um, and she invites Kamran, uh, and then Kamala instantly changes her mind about attending. So guys, uh, let's talk about this opening and Kamala's, uh, and our introduction to the character of Kamran. Um, can we, uh, yeah. Uh, feel so good oh my god what a <laughs> banger mace yeah. featuring formerly puff daddy feel so good bad boy <laughs> entertainment oh my god the music in this show alone so special it's so good i so can't special. wait for the mondo set like soundtrack oh, why did you have to of this? why did you have to say that because now oh, i have to buy it Oh, me it's too. Me it's too. Happening. I'm copying. I'm so copying. I, I yeah. hate to I hate to deviate us, but we were just talking about I was in a record store uh last weekend and they had the Mondo vinyl for Marvel's Avengers, and I was this close to paying far <laughs> too much money for that 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 uh, soundtrack on vinyl, but I, I, I held my ground. I didn't do it. But the Aladdin soundtrack on vinyl definitely delivered today. So There you go. I'm I'm seeing Mitch, <laughs> I'm picturing you walking out of that that record store with uh, with 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 a, a brand new shiny record like how Kamala has this confidence. I love this confidence uh. that we see in her. It's completely the opposite of episode one. Um, and one of the things I wanted to point out: Did you notice the as soon as she bumps into Kamran, the 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 book she picks up uh, is a chemistry book, which is I know super on the nose, but it's just like. It's so perfect. The writing in this show is is fantastic. There's just these little moments where they do so so much with not very much, if that makes sense. Where there's yeah. just these yeah. little things in the background, these little flourishes that make me want to go back and watch it again. Because just I want to rewatch episode one now be, after seeing this scene to start episode two. Because the symmetry between the high school hallway scene there and here, it's absolute like it's on point. I would I wouldn't be surprised if down to like the second we were looking scene yeah. by scene and everything I'm was sure. still playing out in opposites the way it did to episode one. And it's just, oh man, the, 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 the production here is just outstanding. So good. And, and Spoon, I mean, you're going to enjoy this little tidbit here. The, the lyric from Feel So Good, as soon as uh, Cameron walks away, uh, is bad, 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 bad boy, uh, hinting at kind of his mm-hmm. overall sort of uh, status and at least how we know him from the comic books. Um, I just think that's so excellent. And I also love the Ant-Man call out where, you know, we're both charming and look a lot younger than we are, which obviously is a nod to Paul Rudd. Uh, never like seemingly never aging. How is he 50? Um, <laughs> I don't understand. He's 50. He's 50? At least 50. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Probably older Jeez. since the time we recorded what? this. Jeez, that's absolutely nuts. I don't believe Very it. Very cool. Truthfully. Um I will Google I it also while loved you keep ha- talking. <laughs> I loved how Nakia called her budget Captain Marvel. And you just see you just see her face just light up. Just Kamala's little face. She's like, thank you. Like it's just so <laughs> lovely. Uh update. Uh I, I was off. Uh Paul Rudd, born oh. April 6, nineteen sixty nine, is fifty three years young. Jeez. Holy smokes! Wow, does not look like it. Does not compute. My brain can't do it. I look older than this man. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a daywalker. I think Blade should, should get on that. I think <laughs> something's going on there. Um, I also just wanted to shout out the callback that I at least I felt it as a callback. One of the moments that sort of really stood out for me because I kind of it was I was in my feels about it in episode one when um, 
uh, when Amir is, you know, kind of throws that sloth baby at uh, Kamala and he, he's like, he's like, you still need this order. She's like, I'm not 12 anymore. And then as soon as he closes the door, she quickly turns on a little nightlight. And I love that that's now what she's being called in this episode. She's calling, she, they're calling her nightlight. That's brilliant. And I was just like, I was like, that's yeah, I, I sleep with, do you guys sleep with a nightlight? Do you ever? Uh, for me, it's not white, uh, a, a, a nightlight that I need, but white noise for sure. Um, actually, when okay. I was a bit younger, I suffered, a sudden severe hearing loss episode and didn't actually lost oh like ninety eight percent of hearing in one of my ears. Uh, so Jeez. fun fact, Damn. yeah. Uh, so since then I've had tinnitus in the ear. So for me, I need noise to fall asleep. But there are like at least a dozen or two nightlights in this house because my wife enjoys mm-hmm. having those. So she doesn't yell at me when I bump into things going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to use a nightlight when I was a kid, but now it's just like um there there's light emitting from the moon nicely through our window, so oh, I, yeah, I can't do the whole pitch black thing. I know some people need the pitch black for 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 proper sleeps, but no, I'm I'm good. I need a little bit of vision. <laughs> I love that. A little bit of a little bit of moonlight. Um all right, well let's let's keep blowing here. I mean, going here. Uh, Kamala and Bruno head back to the theater department to check out her new powers, where they realize Kamala could use some training. Uh, so obviously cue a training montage um, where we see Mitch, you're going to love this. Kamala is inspired by Bruno, who's playing a game on his phone using an Xbox controller. Did you see what game it was? Mitch? I did not. What was the game, Nate? It was uh, New Lucky's Tale, I think is what it's oh, called. Yeah, yeah. You know Super that one? Oh, a platformer. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh, super lucky still. That's it. So, so obviously, you know, she gets her inspiration for like the hard light platforms. Uh, we see her name the power hard light. Uh, and she also, you know, kind of they discover the power comes within her. And then finally, um, Spoon, I got to ask, was that was that was that them reenacting that famous sad scene from Endgame? Is that what was actually happening there? When she's like, she's just like holding on. And he's like, you have to let me go. Oh, like, was that was that that moment? <laughs> I hope not, but it might be. They have, right. like what Mitch said earlier, they have like the slightest nods to oma- and homages to to Miss Marvel herself or even like past MCU things. It, you, you know what? You might be onto I something, be honestly. Which is like so sad. It is. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then we see Nakia and, uh, or sorry, Nakia and Kamala rush up to the mosque where we learn that the women's section of the mosque is not as well kept as the men's and we see Kamala convince Nakia that uh, she should run for the mosque board which she disregards until she discovers that her shoes have been stolen uh, she agrees to run and uh, and then informs Kamala that uh, she has to be her campaign manager uh, Kamala returns home and surprisingly gets permission from her mom to go to Zoe's party Kamala is tricked into drinking orange juice with vodka, and I love how she immediately thinks she's drunk until she sees Kamran jump into the pool and then slow motion walk out. Uh, Both Nakia and Kamala are entranced by him until the cops show up. They swiftly escape back to Kamran's car, where Kamala and him instantly bond over sweatshop boys in Bollywood. She returns home. She does like a dancing thing to the fridge. She grabs a Capri Sun, and she heads straight to her room where they continue to text each other. Uh, the entire night. So in this, you know, obviously in the first episode, we saw more of a focus on introducing Kamala's friend, Bruno. I think this episode focuses a little bit more on Nakia. And then I also wanted to call out, did you notice anything interesting that happened at the pool party? 
I actually want to jump back a bit because I think we we might have glossed over something very important to this show and something that'll probably come up later. Uh, when Bruno sure. says that the bangle unlocked something within her, I mm. was very worried coming into this show that it was very much going to be the case of, oh, she's going to lose the wristband and her powers will be gone, but she'll still be super on the inside and, you know, be a good person and be able to save the day without her powers. And I don't know if we're going right. to get that, which I kind of like that this was just kind of like a latent thing that awoke something within her, which does harken back a little bit more to her inhuman roots in the comics, which I really liked because the fact that they have mm-hmm. changed her powers, I get why they did it because Mr. Fantastic has never looked good in live action. Don't at me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I love the way the hard light looks and the the sparkles and all that stuff. So I'm glad they've done this, but I'm curious to see where this goes with the bangle versus the power coming from her. Totally. I loved getting a new freaking training montage for a, just a young little kid who's trying to discover herself and like yeah. trying to learn her new powers. It it was uh it's so refreshing, honestly. It's it's Kamala Khan is just so freaking refreshing. We we really haven't had that kind of montage either since Andrew Garfield's Spider Man, right? Because Toby or uh, Tom Holland Spider Man's like, oh yeah, he's already doing his thing. He's friendly neighborhood and he's doing backflips. We really haven't had that, oh my God, my powers, what do they do? And it, it just, Ms. Marvel feels so much like a young Peter Parker in my mind mm-hmm. of being that, you know, fresh-faced fan of these abilities and getting them and, and the whole training thing. It's it's so fun. Her doing her superhero landings. It's so bad uh. that it's good. Like, it's, <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Oh, it's so good. And like, not not to jump into the other camp here but it actually reminded me of shazam a little bit as oh, well absolutely with uh with the training montage there and and it just how light-hearted it was and how fun it was and again how they might have been reenacting one of the saddest points in history but um <laughs> i love nakia uh or, or nakia i'm gonna go back and forth on the pronunciation but um she's a she's a perfect translation from the comics i love how she's mm-hmm. she's instantly trying to you, you know what she's about she's trying to make her world a better place for her and the women in her community and that's awesome like she is fantastic um and one kind of neat thing to note in this scene um at, at the mosque when uh, sheikh abdullah is interrupted we actually see adil el arbi who was one of the directors of episode one of Miss Marvel and also episode six, uh, who we actually got to interview on the podcast. So it was super cool. I was like, I, I did the whole, you know, the Leonardo meme, like, oh, yeah, I, I know that guy. I've seen that guy. <laughs> um, so that was really That's dope. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then I, I just wanted to bring up the idea of uh, Kamran's power set uh, from the comics. If you are familiar with the comics, um, he's got kind of a power set where he can, like, he's he's emits light and he's got the power of light very similar to Kamala in this show uh and when you see him slow walking out of the pool there's like a blue mist behind him um Bruno's like that must have hurt and he's like it actually didn't hurt at all which I think is also part of his sort of power set is that he can sort of protect himself that way um I was just wondering like do you guys obviously that do you think that's the direction that there are they are taking this version of the character so is Kamran uh, in part of like the second arc of Miss Marvel? Could be. I, I I thought he was in the in the first little bit. I'm pretty sure he's one of the first. He is. Was he actually? I think it's he. He maybe? was the the family friend from Texas that comes to visit. That's what it is. That might be in volume two. It that I have. I think it's read. in volume two. You're right. <laughs> it, it was yeah. part of that first run. There's so I many volumes. Okay. There, there's so much yeah. of it that I've read that I'm like, that's that's very early on. But no, yeah. you're right. It could be. Yeah. It could be volume two. Okay. Okay. I need yeah. to catch up on that then. 
Totally. It'll be interesting to see if they go that route. I I do know. I mean, Marvel has done this thing of subverting expectations with many of their properties. So while I wouldn't be surprised given where this episode ends and the visions that Kamala has been seeing throughout this episode, I would Mm -hmm. love that. Love it. If they, you know, subverted our expectations, if we, if you are a fan of the comics and do are aware of some of those, those things, but if they do it, cool. If they don't do it, cool. I'm just curious to see where the characters go. Happy to be a part of the ride for now. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is going to be really interesting to see if they, if they do just mirror it or not. Yeah. I mean, it, it might make sense for him to also have some sort of hard light power as well. Cause it kind of reflects on the, all the origins basically of all of the MCU heroes we've gotten so far. Right. Where all of the adversaries totally. have just been an old yeah. version of the hero. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh That's God. true. Yeah. If you think about it, I think, um, and it also just makes sense why he's like, why Kamala is so head over heels for him. Like, He's to her. He's seemingly perfect. He's a he's literally a personification of everything she wants in life. She's he's a he's a connection to both her new world and her culture. And like, that's the thing that she's struggling with the most in these first few episodes. So it's I think it's really interesting that like he's just the perfect match for her. Um, And so it'll be I'm intrigued after obviously where we end up with him to see what happens. But yeah. Speaking of the powers, though, what did you guys think of the name Hard Light? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't know. Is that was that never? I'm trying to think if that was ever. Well, it wasn't right because in the comics really, she just has the embiggen and the stretching embiggen. and the. So this is the the hard light term is very new to me. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's not yeah. as yeah. cool as I want it to be, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of call that out with Bruno just being like, "That's brilliant," like kind of like just being sarcastic, <laughs> right? Like, "Oh, great, yeah, it's light that's hard." Okay, cool. It's like her getting the name Nightlight from Zoe. Like it's Ugh. it's kind right. of yeah. on the nose. Nightlight. <laughs> yeah, it. they're they're a little too obvious in this universe, but I think I think it's um it's interesting because I'm I'm curious to see if her power set is going to sort of evolve mm. over the course of these episodes um and maybe it'll sort of start this way we've already seen her make a big fist make a big hand um so it, it, she could right she could very well become the traditional embiggen powers that we've seen um but I, I'm, I'm interested i would love for her to be able to shrink i think we kind of talked about that on our previous episode that we would really love to see her be do, do interact with Ant-Man in some way would be phenomenal. No super strength though. Cause you see when she makes the big fist just hits the ground and she's got to go through this. Okay. True. I actually have to participate in gym class now, <laughs> which is such a teenage thing to do. And I love yeah. that we're getting this story similarly to what we've gotten at least in homecoming to an extent and far from home, not so much in no way home of this kind of coming of age story. And I love that we're getting six episodes to play with as opposed to just, you know, beginning, middle event and end of a traditional feature length film like we've gotten with uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. So I'm so ready for the next next month of this. Yeah, I was I was going to say, like, um, I'm actually really glad that they decided to make a series with her because she is so special. Like even just the the actress I- Iman Vellani, am I pronouncing that correct? That's right. Yeah, Um, she's incredible. <laughs> and like you fall in love with Kamala Khan absolutely immediately. I'm, I'm, yeah, like what Mitch said, I'm really excited to spend a few more hours with her as opposed to just one straight up movie. I, I also just love, I mean, the three of us, you know, uh, wear our Canadiana on our sleeves some days and just seeing a, another Canadian make their way into the MCU and just killing Let's it go. the way she is. 
Uh, fun fact, we're actually watching two series right now starring two actors from the same Markham High School. Uh, Iman Vellani wow. attended the high school, which Hayden Christensen attended back in the day. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I remember reading somewhere that she said like, and, and she even had like the same, same acting teacher, yeah, same like, like or drama, drama teacher. teacher. Yeah. And he was like so stoked that he's like, I've now worked with a Jedi and a superhero. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's sick. What a phenomenal, what a phenomenal thing to, to learn. Um, I think uh, also I just want to shout out poor Bruno here. Getting called Brian. Oh. It's just at the end there. I was just like, oh no, Brian Bruno. is mad. <laughs> Which actually uh, brings us to a write-in question from fellow host of the show, uh, Justin, uh, who writes in and asks us, um, he wants to know, which one are you? Are you a Bruno or are you a Kamran? In your friend circle, are you a Bruno or are you a Kamran? <laughs> Do you have a fast car and you, you, you kind of are all suave and, and slowly walk out of a, a pool or... Are you just there to support your best friend as she as she you know ghosts you essentially? Uh, as the resident, hey, how do you do this thing with my phone? Or hey, the yeah. TV's not working. Can you fix it? I am a hundred percent a Bruno. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I dig that. I, I can align with that. I like to say I'm a bit of both, <laughs> and I'll just stick with it. that. <laughs> You know what? I've seen I've seen a lot of you know your Instagram. You're very stylish. You're very stylish. So I I I get that. I get that. Kamran seems like a stylish guy. You seem like I'm a stylish flattered. guy. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Uh, and Justin, you already know I'm a Bruno. Whatever, dude. Um, okay, so let's keep going here. Back at school, Kamala runs to the bathroom uh, to hide her glowing nose. Uh, and her and uh, Nakia share a like honestly. One of the most beautiful moments I've seen from these live action shows uh, where they just discuss how difficult it was for Nakia to, to come to the realization of who she is. Um, and they share a couple of I love yous. <laughs> and it's just like a really it's just gorgeous to see this relationship yeah. between these two, uh, these two young women. Uh, they uh, and then Nakia gives Kamala some stuff for her date with uh, Kamran. Uh, and then Bruno learns from guidance counselor Wilson that he's gotten into the school of his dreams, Caltech. Uh, but Bruno is hesitant to instantly accept it. He finds Kamala outside of school where he asks her about training, to which she responds with telling him that she's going on a date with Cameron. Um, but she, but he still is invited to Eid. Uh, and then during the date, Kamala and Cameron are discovered by her brother Amir and his fiance. Uh, but Kamran pretends to be their cousin from Pakistan, uh, pretending that his British accent was just a bit, which was that quick switch. Like, shout out to that actor. Like, that Such quick switch between between the, the Pakistani and the, the British accent is so good. It, it, it kind of, like, that was the moment where he could do that so quickly. I'm just like, oh, there's something you're not telling us. You're not exactly <laughs> what you say you are. And it kind of rubbed me the right way. But he's a good, yeah, that's, that's a, you gotta, you can't trust actors. Dude. But speaking of actors, we get this great exchange where they're talking about, oh yeah, my mom's obsessed with Kingo. Oh yeah. My mom's obsessed with Kingo senior. Yeah. And it's the same guy. <laughs> and we're talking about Eternals and Eternals <laughs> is one of those movies that I will go to bat for every time someone says something to knock it. Cause I love that movie. Dude. I don't care what people say. Like I had a, I had a blast with it because it was just, again, similarly to this, it's doing something different in the MCU. And I love mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Eternals is super underrated. Absolutely. I think it it's it's you know again, my favorite thing about um you know these movies between between Marvel and between Star Wars 
is that we get to play with different genres. And so the, the times when they really push it and they really push their audience to say, hey, listen, this is still going to be the Marvel Universe, but it's a different genre. That's totally fine with me. I think Eternals did that. I think this does this, does it in this, you know, Disney afternoon show very well. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I totally agree with I that. I mean, just recently we had Doctor Strange do it. So it's not something that they're shying away from. Captain America, the Winter right. Soldier is one of my, the, my favorite spy thrillers I've ever seen, but it's still a Marvel movie. Like there's so much totally. of that in the MCU. And I love that there's this room to play with more than just the typical superhero formula. Yeah, man. And I, I, as soon as I heard Kingo's name, I was like, "That's awesome!" And I, I, <laughs> I did the Leo, I did the Leo meme thing at that point. I'm like, I know you that did I the understood Leo meme that thing. reference. <laughs> Actually, no, that's and that's like I, I, I didn't even put together the idea that they were, you know, one of their armies was talking about the same guy, like that. There was Kingo Junior and so Kingo Senior, and they're just the same guy. Um, also, again, poor Bruno, like you, he's finally getting into the school of his dreams, and yet he still, he still puts Kamala ahead of himself because he knows that like this is a really important time in her life and in her journey on saving the world and he's just he's so in love with her <laughs> he's it's so, in love so with her. <laughs> uh, as someone who went through something very similar in high school yeah and the person uh. that, that was with is now in the other room probably watching this episode it it's just <laughs> like oh bruno no i get it but no just just say the thing you need to say god damn it yeah and he will by yeah. the end of this i swear to you let's hope let's yeah. hope um, <laughs> so then, uh, during dinner, Amir's, uh, Amir's fiance, Taisha asks about their past and Yusuf brings up the partition and shares a story about Maniba's mother, Sana, who was just a toddler at the time who got separated from her father at a train station. Uh, and he continues to tell the story of how nobody knows how she was able to get back to her father just as the train was leaving the station. He mentions that when asked, Sana herself would tell you she just followed a trail of stars. Taisha asks what happened to Sana's mother, and Yusuf says we don't know, and that she disappeared that night. Uh, and as soon as, as he says that, Kamala's bangle starts to glow. We see her eyes glow purple, uh, and then we see a figure in bright light holding out her hand. Later that night, Kamala FaceTimes her nani, uh, which I love, by the way, how close the camera is to <laughs> her grandmother's face it's so accurate um and she asks uh hernani about the the bangle uh and it's revealed that her great grandmother's name was aisha so guys what do we think is going on here uh and why do you think muniba doesn't want kamala to know about her lineage i this is where all my questions like stem from (laughs) because i i don't know how far they reach into the bag for Miss Marvel for this one. Are they referencing comics at all at this point? Or is this just because you guys you guys have read more than I have for Miss Marvel and, and are more familiar with her story, but this is very different <laughs> from what I've seen. Yeah, and isn't... and this is uh yeah, I, I have no idea where they're headed with this. I know there's something that's hidden. There's something there where great grandma is has has done something wrong quote unquote and and i just i just need to i just need to learn about her I have theories so far we, we in the comics i don't believe we do get any sort of confirmation that it is directly tied to her lineage but there are some moments in the comics where we do get to actually go back to karachi and and see these events sort of um take place not the story necessarily about the 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 grandmother 
finding her way with a path of stars or whatever. But um, but we we do get a little bit of that that history. Um, I'm just for me, it's just the idea that like, you know, there's a line where Muniba uh, Yusuf says, that's why we moved to America so that our kids can be whoever they want to be. And Muniba says, well, almost anything. And I, I feel like that's directly related to the fact that I think Muniba knows everything. I think she knows oh, what's going on with Kamala. I, I think, think she so knows too. about this, the, the powers and, and all this stuff. And I, I'm just, I'm really interested to see why she's so against, obviously to keep her daughter safe, but like, why is she so, so against this, uh, this history unfolding? My theory is somewhat related to what we hear from the aunties at uh, the Eid festival. But mm-hmm. when we hear the thing about, oh, the path of stars saving her, I think that's Kamala's great-grandmother saving her daughter and getting her onto this train so she can escape. And just the idea that, like, I love when they, the tone very much shifts when they start talking about their heritage and and how everything went down in, in Pakistan. And I think it's really great to see this being discussed more openly in popular media. I think it's something people need to go do their research. I know I need to. And... Mm-hmm. um my going back to the theorizing, which I know is basically all we've gotten to at this point. Uh, Kamal only has one bangle, so I actually think that there are two, and we're gonna oh. get the whole. There is, you know, someone else with similar powers who has the thing and does the things and and all of that. And I think that yeah. might actually end up being Kamran's mother. Oh, that's I a think, good call out, dude. I think the the auntie's oh. talking. About, oh yeah, she left. She went. She was with another man. Honestly, I think they're like cousins or something like legitimately her and Kamran are cousins and like her great grandmother did go off with this other family or this and created this other lineage, which led to Kamran's mother ending up with a bangle as well. And I feel like Jeez. before the end of the next episode, we'll have that revealed. We have Mitch, to, I think right? like, we need to know what the motives dude. are. We're almost halfway through the series. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I, I kind of, it's interesting because when this, uh, figure, uh, shows up that's obviously her her, her great grandmother Aisha we hear a train sound and uh, well, we might get to that well you know I'll, I'll bring it up I'll bring it up a little bit later um but I, I definitely I definitely think you've got something there there Mitch I think um this whole I mean we've seen it in the trailers of her going to Karachi and obviously there's going to be a wedding and there's a lot more family that we're going to be meeting so it's going to be really interesting um, but then while the family is getting ready to head over to the Eid festival, uh, we learn of Yusuf and Muniba's love for the Jersey based band Bon Jovi. Uh, and again, she asks Kamala not to bring up Aisha. Uh, then at the Eid celebration, Nakia asks them to divide and conquer, assigning them to get different groups within their community to vote for her. And these, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. She lists, uh, the mosque bros, uh, who, by the way, feature another cameo from the other director of episode one, uh, Bilal Falah, who's the one taking the selfie. Um, so that was like super cool to see him in there. Uh, and she also lists the Pious Boys, the Sunday School Teachers, the InstaClicks, uh, the Reverts, the Mini <laughs> Harami Girls, and lastly, and and you know the ones who knew it, know it all, and won't let you forget it. Which my favorite, the Illuminati. So um, good. So, it's so guys, on the nose. You... This show keeps making those it's very so on the nose jokes, and anyone who's yeah. who knows anything about anything uh, has to appreciate how on the nose and, and and these things have been. It's just it's so good. Totally, and I I I, I love all these groups. I feel like like I wanted to ask, have you 
when you were growing up, did you ever have groups like this within your community? Like the the different cliques and things like that? And did you ever experience this as well? I mean, that's oh, just 100%. growing up anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. High school is all cliques, right? <laughs> I was one of those totally. guys that kind of floated between all the cliques. Like every, I got along with everyone, but I didn't really fit in any one genre. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it totally exists. But I just love how every community, like I know even within like when I was growing up and going to church, like you, if you wanted, if you didn't want something known, you couldn't tell one of the sweet old ladies at church because the, <laughs> the whole church will end up knowing by next Sunday. Um, so it's just, it's, I think the coolest thing about this show and, and its depiction of this community and of Islam is like just really sh- pointing out like we're all pretty much the same people. Uh, and I just think that's super cool. And it's 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 so relatable to so many different people. Um, so to see that, like, the Illuminantes, like, everyone had their own version of the Illuminantes is just, I love it. I love that we have a name for it now. <laughs> and like, like you said, seeing other cultures presented in media the way it is and having people not be okay with that or even seeing things like review bombing movies or shows based on representation from cultures you don't like or don't agree with, or, you know, a representation of the LGBTQA plus community. Like there's nothing wrong with expanding your horizons and understanding that everyone else's story isn't your story. As someone who has grown Mm -hmm. up as a heterosexual white man, it is easy for me to just dismiss these things and be like, Oh yeah, no, it's not my story, but it doesn't matter because not everything needs to be my story. And I feel like more people need to recognize that, realize that, and just learn from these experiences. 100%. 100%. That's and that's one of the best things about this media is that it it opens up these windows for for everyone to sort of get a peek b- behind the curtain of, of everyone else's lives and and sort of get some perspective. Yeah, for sure. Like the representation in Miss Marvel and just everything Miss Marvel and um Nakia stand for alone, like the feminism and yeah. and what they're trying to do within their community and their mosque is like such a big deal in terms of what women and what girls need to see. And it feels weird saying this as a man, uh, but like, yeah, I think it's really important and it's, and it's super unfortunate that there are people out, there are people out there who still actually need to learn lessons and listen and, and educate themselves and realize that yes, there are people that are different color than you that believe in other things than you and just want to live their best lives just like you. Um, this, this show I think came at a really good time, uh, where people are, you know, just to give a little bit of love to the rest of humanity. They're a little slightly more open-minded nowadays than, than they were even just last year alone, right? Or two years alone. But like, yeah, that Miss, Miss Marvel and, and, and what this representation means to the world is, is, is pretty big. Totally. And, and I mean, Disney, if you're listening, if you're not already coming up with some sort of uh, campaign charity thing for like everyone buys a, a vote uh, Nakia pin uh, already where like the proceeds go towards like mosque rebuilding or something like that. Like, let's go make that a thing. Because <laughs> uh, as soon as I saw that little pin that she dropped, I'm like, oh, I got to I got to get that. Even pin. the posters <laughs> gotta... are sick. Oh, they're so dope. As someone currently wearing an Al- Al's Toy Barn t-shirt, I am still <laughs> absolutely bitter over the fact that Disney closed all their retail stores in Canada because international yeah. shipping is not fun. 
and I need no, to get some sure. friends so together painful. and do a group order because it's so bad, but I want it so bad. Uh, We'll, we'll make it we'll make it happen just let me know when the nakia pins well, come out and I'll, I'll make it happen. <laughs> uh so then we see zoe uh in an interrogation room with agent cleary uh who we got at the in the the sort of the end credit stinger of the last episode um where you know he kind of pretends to be one of her subscribers and she's like totally stoked by it like who wouldn't be uh until she realizes that he's absolutely just lying uh and he's trying to pull more information from her about what he describes as an attack from an enhanced individual um and continues to question her and what she knows about said individual and then agent deaver comes in uh and questions zoe on the individual's ethnicity asking if she was latin x or south asian uh to which zoe kind of accidentally glances over it at, at them uh and agent cleary asks her to respectfully search every temple community center and mosque so guys what did we what do we think is going on here with these dodc agents like why are they after kamala uh, first, before we get there, the, the whole good cop, bad cop routine that they get to here is pretty uncomfortable. And I think that's the right way to write this kind of authority that we don't know all that much about because it is a, a real representation of how police will treat someone who, yeah you know, doesn't look like them. Unfortunately, there's been yeah, cases are of, cases color. of I, Again, it's, it's mm-hmm. things are improving, but there's still a ways to go. Um, so yeah, that was uncomfortable to have to watch, but I think it's, it's good to feel that because that is the way that we should be reacting to behavior like that. And I'm hoping that Mm -hmm. that that was the original intent, uh, as to why it was written that way. I am, I still don't know why damage control is on the look on the hunt for Kamala. Maybe it is. It's hard to know. Right. Cause like they did the whole thing with Spider-Man and no way home. So it is kind of just like trying to shut new york supers down because i mean the registration act is still a thing right like that never got repealed that's still realistic so maybe that is just kind of their mandate of you know register unregistered supers yeah i'm 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 still under the impression that one of them might be a scroll uh and i feel like they're they're setting up cleary to to be that scroll because of the two of them between him and deaver like deaver seems evil and she seemed like not necessarily like she just seems like a bad character especially the way she's like she's like oh i'm supposed to say latin x now and it's like yeah yeah, yeah okay yes, you are. um and so i i feel like especially the way and you hear when when um you know when when agent cleary sort of brings up the idea of like searching a mosque he has like a deep breath beforehand and he, he tells her to be respectful and obviously you know in our our real life since 9-11 mosques have been um, kind of under the watchful eye of the FBI, unfortunately. And and so he, he brings that up. And so I, I feel like, you know, a, a truly evil character wouldn't care for those sort of things. He wouldn't he wouldn't bring up those the that aspect of being respectful. He'd just say, get the job done. So I feel like he's he's actually a scroll. I feel like he's actually one of our good scrolls. I don't know. I want him to be a good scroll boy. <laughs> are are there good scrolls? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess MCU, we'll find out. They've seemed pretty good. Uh, yeah, they for, seem now. Nice. for now. For now. For now. For now. Oh no. But yeah, no. Damage control is totally up in the air for me. I truly don't have any sort of inkling other than them wanting to find her, but like sort of threaten her because you know they want to capture her for some sort of reason. I, I've got nothing on them. We'll have to see. Um, okay. Well. Back at the Eid uh, festivities, we see Kamala surrounded by the Illuminantes. 
Um, <laughs> which again, even when we get back to like talking about the Illuminati in the MCU, I'm still just going to call them the Illuminantes. Um, <laughs> as they shared some hot goss about Aisha and how she used to have many secret affairs. She was called a snake, um, which I saw some people on Twitter pointing out like maybe she's a scroll and like she's got snake skin like a scroll. Uh, and then uh, how she even killed someone. Uh, of course, this gets interrupted by some dumb idiot kid who starts falling off of a tower while trying to take a selfie. We see Kamala spring into action as she changes into her Captain Marvel cosplay. Uh, and someone shouts out, yo, it's Nightlight. Um, and she continues, which I think in every single superhero story, we need at least one person from the crowd to just shout out like, <laughs> hey, it's, you know, it's Night Monkey or like whatever. Um and, uh, and then so she continues to attempt to save the kid. She sort of saves him, but then after standing up from her superhero pose, um, she's blinded by a bright light of the same woman from earlier who knocks the kid off balance. And then she sort of like breaks his fall on the way down as he falls onto a, onto a car. Um, so before we get to like the ending and, and the big reveal of this episode, I want to know what did you think of Kamala's first hero moment? It, it's a bit of a work in progress and I, I don't blame yeah. that entirely on her because there are other forces at play. There is this vision she keeps having and like she's going to get that sorted out eventually. She's going to grow into her own and her powers and understand everything, but it it's looking dicey for her at the moment. This is rough. Yeah, I mean, it was a good first attempt. She celebrated a bit too early. Um, <laughs> we're just we're just gonna break it down play by play. We've uh, all done yeah. that at one point or another, especially as a high schooler. Come on, like, but like, yeah. she saved him? Question mark. Yeah. She only broke his ankle. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. I I love how she like tried to calm him down, asking like, "What's your favorite thing or something?" And then she's like, "What's your favorite food?" And I, ice cream on pizza. Like, what is wrong I with mean, this kid? Listen, pineapple on pizza because hey, it's sweet, but I don't get it. If Spooner, you about to tell me you eat any pizza. of the OG Pizza Hut all-you-can-eat lunch buffet homies know they had <laughs> dessert pizza, and that shit yes. was pot. Oh, I'm sorry if you can't swear on this pot. That no, that was can, yeah. Like they I had love the, that the, the swear the, comes from us talking about dessert pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's because Miss Marvel is such a wholesome show. I couldn't, really, I, but like, yeah. you know what I mean. You guys are bringing it out right now, trying to diss dessert pizza, yeah. putting ice cream on pizza. <laughs> Nothing wrong with but dessert like, pizza, but that dessert pizza is not the same as ice cream pizza. But listen, he. Yeah. But what I mean. I guess, but he didn't <laughs> specify if he put ice cream on like pepperoni pizza. Okay. You know what I'm Maybe saying? Maybe on like a cheese pizza. Maybe I'm it just could be interesting. Or no cheese even. Maybe if it was just like the the, just on you the know, bread. like an ice okay. you know, it could have just been a dessert pizza. Maybe. It could have. I just I also like if you notice they do a close up on the kid's feet and he's wearing Nakia's shoes that, is he that were stolen from oh her. My yes, God. he absolutely I didn't catch is. That. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and like cuz I was like I was like why did they close up on his feet just now? And then so I like went back I'm like, "Oh, he's the kid that's They were the Versace joints. Yeah, oh and like the thing God. is, is like it makes sense because then as soon as he falls, he's like my ankle, and I'm like, yeah, you're damn right, your ankle, because you freaking stole those shoes that don't fit you properly. So of course your ankle is gonna hurt when you and fall. His ankle on hurt them, when but... he fell because Kamala dropped them. Oh my gosh, just abs- <laughs> I would have dropped. I would have. I would have dropped them a little bit too. Talking about ice cream on pizza, but um, <laughs> so finally. At the end of the episode, uh, we see Kamala. She's distraught from what just happened. She's running away from the festivities, uh, and she kind of feels like she fails. She stumbles 
upon a drone that flies towards her. Uh, she starts running from it and discovers the DODC is there attempting to capture her uh, when out of nowhere, Kamran pulls up mm-hmm. in his car and tells her to get in. She takes mm-hmm. her helmet off, immediately revealing who she is. Uh, and a woman in the back of the car says, Kamala, I've been waiting a long time to meet you. To which Kamran uh, follows up by saying, Kamala, I'd like you to meet my mom. Now, before we, before we pop off with our thoughts on this moment, that brings us to the end of this episode, as well as our prediction segment uh, for, for this show, which... You know, our prediction segment, we like to talk about what's going to be revealed in the future of this series and its characters. Uh, for this Watch Club, because of the original, original? Because of the original powers of Miss Marvel being stretchy, um, we call this segment, this may be a stretch, but... So when you nice. do your prediction, start nice. it with, you have to start it with, this may be a stretch, but... Uh, Mitch, why don't you stretch out first for us? I already did. This may be a stretch, but Kamran's family is related to Kamala's. Like there is a shared yeah. lineage there that traces its way back to uh, the partition that was discussed at length in this episode, the partition between India and Pakistan back in the 40s. Yeah, which is weird. Does that mean, so is he like her her cousin, her uncle? Like, uh, what, do you, what do you think We're is the, have to the wait deal here? See. I'm not making any weird incestual if- predictions here. If Kamran's mom, Kamran's mom yeah. might be the stepsister to Kamala's mom. Okay. Just thinking of See, lineage. Was, that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. It's, okay. it's like a half sibling situation kind of thing. Yeah. See, I was under the impression that it was the gr- the great grandma, that she was Aisha in the back there. She kind of, I don't know, like the, definitely the characters look similar, at least the one mm. from like the, the, the thing um maybe um because and and this may be a stretch but um cameron's mom is named najma uh and i i was like doing some research and najma is an arabic name meaning star uh which there's a villain named star apparently this i didn't know in the captain marvel comics um and so I'm wondering, and and the, you know, not really a spoiler for Volume Two of 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 uh, Miss Marvel, but there's a character named Lineage who's kind of one of the big bads in uh, in that who who works with Kamran, and I'm wondering if this is kind of their replacement for the Lineage character in the MCU, and uh, it would be really interesting because I think that would be kind of neat. Maybe she doesn't age. Maybe she's you know she's she's she goes all the way back and she remembers everything about Kamala's history. I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause she says, I've been waiting a long yeah. time. I'm like, okay. I feel like that's a bit more of a stretch than I'd be looking for. I think it is. I think to, to, to what I was talking about, I think it's, it's a, yeah. I, I do think what she saw in her visions was uh Kamran's mom, but I don't yeah. think it's also her great, great auntie. Like her great great grandmother, great grandmother. Um, but I yeah. do like the idea of this being the villain and having it be related to lineage and all of that stuff. Because in that volume one run of Miss Marvel, it's like it's a t- it's a giant anthropomorphic talking bird. So like that yeah. does not yes. really fit the vibe <laughs> yeah. that we're going for at the MCU. It would have yeah. been really weird, but I would have been yeah. for it if we saw Thomas for Edison sure. in the 
fowl or in the feathers. I don't know what you want yeah. to say, but we 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 actually called it out on the first episode where above the or right behind the circle Q is the Edison Electric oh, yeah. yes. sign. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And so that between that and there being the same bird in like one of her drawings in the very first few scenes, um, they're definitely pulling stuff from the comics, but I think they're going to be mishmashing it as well. And I, I think that's my stretchy prediction. Spoon, do you have any, do you have any stretchy thoughts? This may be a stretch, but they're just going to bust out a big anthropomorphic bird. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm more of a reactionary content kind of a guy as opposed to, uh, sure, okay. especially because I don't know so much about Miss Marvel. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. read the later on graphic novels, so maybe I need to catch up on that and then I can start theorizing properly. But no, I'm, I'm just, I'm in for the ride right now. Also quick shout out. Were those Edith drones? Yeah, I wanted to ask that. They I were, right? Think they were. They look yeah. like it. It looks like damage control. Be like, oh, <laughs> we'll take that. Thank you. We have our own space drones. <laughs> they like. They're like, oh, we'll just paint them black and then yeah, and go put from green there, lights like, on them. It's probably I, it. I'm wondering though if so? it's some because, I mean the the damage control agent. I don't remember his name. Nate, you you mentioned it earlier. Cleary. Cleary. He knows Fury's in space. So I'm wondering if it's just something oh. that Sword has developed and lent to Yo, damage control. He is a scroll. Oh my but god. The fact that Fury is in space means there's a closer <laughs> relationship between Sword, which is who I'm assuming Fury is working with in space, and damage control. So either he is a yeah. scroll or there is just some working relationship there, which is why and I think so these are Sword you, drones. Which you bring that up, and maybe that's the whole idea here. Maybe because that would make that's sense, right? Monica maybe they Rambeau just want. Into it. That's what Ooh, I'm saying, dude, and that's boys. how we get to the Marvels. And it's like a, it's like a twisty thing, and like they're not actually bad; they're they're good. Wow, wow, the, wow! Wait, the we Marvels got... releases after Secret Invasion, as far as we know, right I now. Think right? so. So yeah, I believe I, so. I do think this is all kind of like to your point. There's scrolls here at work at play, and that's dude. all going to lead to Secret Invasion, and that's going to lend itself to the Marvels. And Marvel fans are eating good the next couple of years. Ah, uh, my my brain. My brain is thoroughly stretched after that prediction segment, but uh, <laughs> that is it. Let's get to our overall impressions of the episode and our final score, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five pairs of stolen sneakers. Mitch, why don't we start with yourself? I'm a lot to Spoon's point. I am along for this ride. I am so happy we're getting Miss Marvel live action. I'm so happy we're seeing this character and that other people are getting to experience and enjoy this character for the first time. This is absolutely what I wanted to see this series do is set up more intrigue, but also lean into that, you know, fresh high school kid, high school drama thing that we haven't gotten enough of in the MCU, in my opinion. So I'll definitely give this a solid 4.8 pairs of stolen sneakers. So they cut off the toe part. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, the kid's ankle went, and just the part that where the where the ankle did its thing. Just Are you saying they cut his ankle off? Really, just you know, ruined the the resale value of those Versaces. That's all I can say. Uh, That's incredible. Spoon, how about yourself? I'm I'm going to be more mathematically correct and say it was a solid four point five. It's missing the left one. It's missing the left one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I. I thoroughly love Miss Marvel. It to me is actually a very special show. Like, like what uh, Multiverse of Madness did for the MCU in terms of being super dark, super scary, super something else. Miss Marvel is very much on the opposite side of that spectrum, where it's giving us a totally. breath of fresh air, so much 
light, very much pun intended. Um, and and it's yeah, like there there's just so much to it where it's it's educating the world, uh, it's bringing something new. Um, yeah, honestly, I, it Miss Marvel being special is like truthfully like the best ways I could ever describe it it's it's something else in the mcu and i'm i'm very grateful and thankful that they actually bringing it out and they're giving her so much love like i truly did not care anything about um what they did with her powers and like how they rewrote all of that they can they can they can rewrite every anything at this point to me because what matters was they kept her heart you know what i mean like Mm, kamala's heart is all over this the first two episodes only like it it blows my (laughs) mind we only got two episodes and it's and it's this special to me like i i thoroughly love it i thoroughly love miss marvel that's fantastic i i could not agree more uh wholeheartedly i think this was an excellent follow-up to episode one Mm -hmm. um i think you know again it's it's just insane how fast they are to get us sort of into this world, get us understanding Kamala's friends, her family. And I think the first episode did a great job of showing us her relationship, you know, between her family, but also with Bruno. And I felt like this week they did a, another phenomenal job with Nakia and I, I and just how close they are. And I think it's cool that they don't they didn't overstuff that first episode by saying like, cool, here's Bruno, here's Nakia, here's everything. They sort of took their time with it and they're, and they're continuing to do so even in a six episode run. Um, I think this episode is paced excellently. Uh, it doesn't really linger on anything too long. I love how the episode shows us, you know, as you were saying, Spoon, like more of Kamala's culture. Um, and I think last week it, it just, it instantly helps us to set up just how important her friends are to her. Uh, and how important and she family. is to them and her family. Like, it's unreal. And I, I think the introduction of Kemron uh, also is perfectly in line with the comics. I'm excited to see how they change his character up a little bit. Um, I think the episode was also really funny. Uh, one of my favorite parts coming from Nakio when Miguel asks, uh, they, you know, we have that moment where, you know, Kamran's walking out of the pool and then just both Nakia and, uh, and Kamala just go, mashallah. And uh, and then Miguel's what's what's that mean? And then Naki is just like, damn, <laughs> it's just <laughs> so good, so good, it's so high um, school, and I love it. It's so high school, and and I think the show continues to be a, a treat for comic readers. And there's so many lines directly pulled from the comics as well. There's a lot of moments where I was like, I'm I'm almost positive that's a word for word. Um, one, and I really yeah, couldn't think of the one that stands out for me is the one in the mosque when she's talking with. Uh about the speaker system and everything like that's pulled directly from the comics. And I love it's how much directly they from the source it. material there. Yeah. It's so cool. Sorry, and I, I just, no, I was just going to say, I, I really couldn't think of any issues I had with the episode. And if there were issues, I was having too much fun to notice. So I, I, I think just like last week, um, I'm going to give this one five out of five pairs of stolen love speakers. It. The show is fire. Okay. Yeah. I need to justify the point two. And the point two is because I know how much of a Marvel nerd Miss Marvel or Kamala is. And the, the yeah. blatant disregard for post credit scenes in this episode is egregious. I needed it in every episode of the series. And I'm every so let episode? down that there wasn't one. Yes. Oh, no. Every Mitch, you're episode, being that Marvel fan a, now. Even if it's just a scene yeah. of, of the counselor like singing a song or watching uh, The Devil Wears Prada or something. Just yeah. anything. 
I would have been happy. Yeah, I'm. I could totally see Iman Vellani, uh, Mitch, t- 100% agreeing with you. Yes. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I could see her just texting Kevin Feige and just being like, "Dude, what the heck? Why is there no end credit scene?" <laughs> um, but obviously. Uh, she does not make those decisions. Uh, but that is it. Uh, before we wrap things up, Mitch and Spoon, I would love for you to let the wonderful geeks listening know where can they find more of your wonderful selves. Mitch, we'll start with yourself. Uh, best place to keep up with the Disney Plus podcast is at D Plus Us on Twitter and all of my links to social media platforms and Twitches and everything can be found at MitchGeorge.com. All righty. MitchGeorge.com. I love it. Uh, and Spoon, how about yourself? I need to steal that. That's actually such a good idea, Mitch. Holy crap. Uh, what, you're going to take MitchGeorge.com? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll probably, I'll do .ca instead. I mean, I bought, <laughs> I bought both. They both redirect to the same site and stuff. Like oh, that. oh, smart. You're Look, a smart software cookie. Software developer by trade. I got to at least have something there up there with my name on it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, underscore Spooner, S-P-O-O-N-R. That's my also on Instagram. And then... I have my little Lincoln bio thing there. No fancy MrMitchGeorge.com stuff, but it, I'll get MrMitchGeorge.net. It's just MitchGeorge.com. Don't listen to him with this whole Mr. Sorry, thing. It's sorry, Mr. Mitch I'm not, George everywhere. He's but trying to sabotage your, is Mitch your audience. Don't sabotage my plug, Oh, sick. So I'll get MrMitchGeorge.com. I'm just going to re- redirect to YouTube.com slash that crazy long URL until yeah, you get until all you get enough subscribers uh, over there. One day. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to have a link uh, or links for all of those things to the right websites, not the wrong ones, <laughs> uh, in the show notes. So go check out both these dudes' Twitches uh, or Twitch and now YouTube stream uh, for a really phenomenal time. Spoon, I, I, I especially, honestly, um, I think my first stream I ever caught of yours was you unboxing a sideshow collectible and getting to share in the the moment because those collect those those figures are so damn expensive. So getting to share in the unboxing of one of those figures is a it's a very special moment for, you know between geeks, right? So I I, I really I feel that it. I feel that to my heart. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Marvels. Miss Marvel. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us where you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, is Agent Cleary a scrawl? Uh, well, you can you can stretch out your fingers and reach us by email uh, to let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or over on uh, Twitter at geekcentricyt and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for both Spiderhead on Netflix, uh, as well as Disney and Pixar's Lightyear, uh, which we also have our interviews up with Lightyear director Angus McLean, producer Galen Sussman, and composer Michael Giacchino out now, which I'm still like coming down from beyond infinity about just how incredible that was to to get to talk to those legendary creators. Um, and then all. bringing it back. To, what's that? Not sorry? jealous at all? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, not, no. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get interviews. there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of interviews, I, well, now I don't want to even bring it up. Do it. But uh, we also had the opportunity, as I mentioned earlier, to interview directors Adil and Bilal, who directed episode one and six of Miss Marvel, which got Justin so hyped. They were so hyped on the interview. You have to go listen to it. It's a good laugh. Uh, and also, if you're enjoying this Watch Club, but, but maybe you're thinking, I want to take things to a galaxy far, far away. Well, you can do so as we are still hosting every single week our watch club for Obi-Wan Kenobi, which the penultimate episode just happened. 
And oh my gosh, that was that was fantastic. It was a ride. So I can't wait to talk about that more and to see where they go with the finale. And lastly, speaking of Star Wars, we have our uh, weekly This Week in Geek episodes uh, where we break down the latest trailers and news every single Wednesday with our last episode out uh, where Darcy and I share our experiences from Star Wars Celebration while we were in Anaheim. Uh, We geek out over all the incredible announcements as well as some details from trailers and footage that still hasn't even been released yet that we got to see. Um, so if you want to like a little sneak peek into the future of Star Wars and Star Wars animation, um, definitely go give that episode of This Week in Geek a listen and give those episodes a five-star review if you don't mind. Mitch, Spoon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. For today's Watch Club. This was awesome. Uh, and as we say... Cosmic. cosmic.